¡Órale! ¡Sí, señor! Bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFB podcast. I'm Jorge Georgi Martín, and here are my primos, Ricky Torres and Hector Reyes. Boys, how we doing? Good, man. How's it going? Happy to hey, be here. Hey, what are we drinking? Oh, well, I was, uh, I'll start. My, my, my first round pick was uh, Society. It was an IPA uh, called The Pupil. Had that one about an hour ago. And my second round pick is now a Green Cheek Nitro Golden Milk Stout with coffee. I, I uh, lean towards this one. This, is a, this one's really good. So that's, what, that's what's in my glass at the present time. Uh, as far as me, it's my basically my Sunday night before I go to work. So I ran out of beer. So I have a local favorite. It's, uh, it's a light one, like 3.5%, a strawberry lemonade golden ale called Freya. From Transplants Brewery. It's delicious. Good stuff. Good brewery. That so, one sounds fantastic. Antelope, Antelope Valley. Right, so I'm just excited to keep a nice, you know, cool buzz throughout our whole show. Oh, awesome. Just, we do at, at, you know, family get-togethers. Just as we do. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, we did have some fun with our rankings, and uh, I, I love the – the back and forth with uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. By the way, I'm keeping track of all those beer bets. And, yes. uh, you know, we're, you know, love those arguments. Love that we come together and have and, and love each other afterwards. And, you know, it's like draft day is a celebration. And for us Latinos, there's we don't need a lot of uh, motivation for celebration. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, a, after one of our shows, we were talking about, you know, what are the things that comment about Latino celebrations? And uh, and actually, you know, there's some that have made their way into mainstream culture because, uh, you know, hey, when other people see something's a good thing, they kind of borrow it from us. So hey, we're, that, all, that, that we're all happy. I don't think there's anything more than the piñata. I, I love going to, I, I love seeing my girls uh, t- growing up, taking the birthday parties and uh, uh, seeing Caucasian families being like, all right, let's do the piñata. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And they even say it right. So I'm, I love that part. Yeah. And, and I know, you know, if you're in a Latino family, there's someone in your family, your aunt, your mother, you know, your uncle, there, there's a, you know, there's a photo album somewhere with your one of your tios or two of your tios standing on the roof with a rope, and they, you know, they're wearing they got bell bottoms on and like big hair. There, you, you've seen the picture, and whoever you are, you know what I'm talking about because we all have the picture. We've all seen it. You're you're a little kid, and your tios. It's like 1978 or whatever it is, and your tios are on the roof, and one's on the ladder, one's on the roof, or vice versa. And they got the piñata there. They got the rope. We we all have that. It's it's happening in all of our families. I guarantee it. How do we not yeah. have more broken legs? Right. <laughs> right. I miss the piñata. I never. I I feel like it's been decades since I've done it. It has obviously. Uh, but I was short for so long. I got to go an extra few years. <laughs> so, but you got to go first a lot, right? Is that is that how that worked? <laughs> exactly. For a while too. So I liked it. And the nah. best part, yeah, the best part of that is, you know, you get, you know, so the candies, you know, you're in, you're in line, the candy drops. And, you know, if you were one of the bigger kids, uh, you know, you probably had the, you know, if, if you know, the Diaz weren't watching, you probably jumped like, you know, like a wrestling move on top of all the other little kids that were there just just so you could do it. And there was p- kids crying, you know, and you kind of got a good laugh about it. That, that kind of happened. And then if you were one of the bigger kids, you know, you had dibs on you know, ripping it apart and, you know, you probably put it, you know, you put it on over your head or, you know, you put the arms on your arms and there was always the staples, you know what I'm talking about? If you were a kid, you know, that it always had, the, you know, these like, these hooks, you know, like, like fish hooks. It's like, you know, and the Latino parents are like, yeah, it's cool. You know, you're, you're, you're saying your, you know, your son, your daughter with this like cone on their head and there's like the, sta- <laughs> the staples that. are like, the staples like digging into your skull. And it's like, yeah, this is great. This is just normal. Like staples digging into your skull as a, like a five-year-old is like, that's normal. So that's what we all grew up with. That's what I remember. You just get scratches on your head. That's all they are. Yeah, not a, not a big deal. And then sure. after you get to trade the candy, it's like you're yeah. the first concept of uh, of money is that you know transactions. Yeah, yeah. it's I like little it. Halloween. It's like little ho- mini Halloweens in, in between the year. Like you have these little mini Halloweens where you get to trade one of, candy. One of my favorite things <laughs> we used to do is the uh, the bolo at baptisms. Oh, I yes. I haven't seen it in a long time, but. 
for those of you who don't know, the uh, the godparents, the Nina and Nino, right? They would call everyone or all the kids. Yep. And then yep. they would just say bolo and throw up a bunch of change. Yeah, quarters, quarters nickels, dimes. Yeah. yeah. And just all the kids would just go and grab Scrambling. all the money scrambling yeah and, and and like you said it's like it's like our aunts and uncles were preparing us for like you know financial as, as you know <laughs> understanding the, the the laws of finance you know as, as we got I, older, I remember having know. like ziplocs of coins <laughs> exactly we're learning oh, early the, just, the, the rules why of finance did we do that what's the what's the latino meaning behind it I, I, you know, it's just a celebration. It's the, it's a part of the, it's a part of being a, a padrino and just being the one that that actually throws out the money. And uh, I, I, I never that's actually asked where that came from. I, Maybe prosperity, I actually, something to do with prosperity. It's, yeah, it's something like sharing the wealth or like, yeah. share. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think part of it, I, you know, in the Latino culture, we, you know, when you get married, you have the arras, which I think that's. I know, I know that's one, you know, the, the, those, the coins that are, you know, passed right. on from, um, you know, one, you know, you know, the, the, the man to the woman, the woman to the man, I forgot how it is. Then they bless the coins and it's like, this is, this is a blessing so that there's prosperity and, and financial stability, you know, in your lives going forward. And it's, it's, you know, these little golden dimes or coins or whatever it was. Yeah. The arra. So I think that's part of it. The culture is like, you know, money is part of it where it's like, you know, prosperity and, you know, good, good health going forward. You, you know, it's you know what I also loved is uh, you know getting back to baptisms is how people really took it serious as a reason to party. I mean, obviously, you know, it's it, it's a Catholic <laughs> sacrament. It's supposed to be a sacred thing. Uh, the way people, the way Familia would show up with cases of beer and just let's fill up the let's fill up the yes. big trash can with ice and beer and oh yeah. And that's a wedding, wedding. Yeah, you you name it. There's you know birria and the birria line with your tias are there, and you know they you know first is the rice, then you got the beans, and then you got the birria, then you got the bread, and then you go over you you know and you're good to go. It's like you know that, that assembly line is like it's tradition, man. <laughs> there's a time where there's like a baptism every two three months. Back in the awesome. day, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, man. Yeah, the, the, it was like a ba- the baby boomers of like the seventies and like seventies <laughs> and early eighties when like the majority of all of us cousins. We're born, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're in a little bit of a baby lull right now, so we're gonna we're, 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 we gotta we gotta economy, wait on that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But you know, and you know, the other thing that I think is is hilarious about Latino part Latino parties they never start on time. They never they end <laughs> till all hours. Oh, I I always think it's funny. Like like for Christmas, they say they say get there at three o'clock. I mean, we get there. You know, my, my family want my wife likes to be prompt presence and my dad hasn't even left Lancaster by seven so it's like and that's why even when I go to parties nowadays my buddies all like hey let's get to like Buffalo Wild Wings or let's go to my buddy's house at seven I'm like yeah I'll get there like at eight (laughs) I know when it's really gonna start well Ricky you mentioned you mentioned your dad carrying on the Santa Claus now that that Santa Claus uh, tradition started with abuelito our abuelito uh ines god rest his soul and i remember when he passed away in 2000 uh, and he passed away early early part of the year in march i remember thinking is that tradition gone yeah, and then yeah I, I was a little sad i mean i was 30 i was 33 years old that christmas i thought i was worried that tradition was gone and i was so happy that your dad took it over and and you know he's the big he's the tallest one in the whole family so it, it kind of makes sense he puts the he puts the big pillow on and it, it, I, I i love that it's continued i love that it's continued he's been trying to get round yearly so <laughs> he's working really hard at that there's yeah. getting more white, so it's getting better. It's getting better. <laughs> well, yeah, we just gotta let him uh, take be- get beard growing lessons from my brother Kyle. There you go. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> the artist of our logo. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's awesome. And I think the uh, one of the traditions that I think the last tradition we could talk we'll share about is the is music, and. And, you know, early 70s music, that Latino soul, Santana. And yes. for some Malo. reason, for some reason, yeah, Malo really resonated with the familia. And Suavecito became just kind of the anthem for our familia. And somewhere in the 90s, it 
be, it just became a tradition. I don't know what it was. We Somebody asked for it to be played, and then all of the men in the family, uh, we all gathered around the bride, and that's just stuck. We sang it. 20, uh, 25, 26 years later, and we all sing it. and <laughs> No one knows the words. And we still don't remember all the words. Thank God for cell phones now, and we can, you know, you, you can look up the lyrics. Cause, man, I think those... someone handed out the lyrics at the last one. One year, yeah. It's, we're, we're, getting, I, we're getting organized, but that's, that's, a, that's a fun tradition. Yes. Well, you know, yeah. When you get the little la, that's the that's easy part to do. <laughs> yeah. After that, yeah, the lyrics can can be easily can, can mixed up and confused, but it's it's a great song and it definitely is a great tradition that we have going on. And, and in our speaking family. of music, I love when we have mariachis at family get-togethers. Uh -huh. It's yeah. like the rare ones when the tias or tios retire, but it's so comforting to come in and see them there and their beautiful instruments and their voices and everyone's dancing and yeah, it's awesome. Definitely, uh, definitely awesome. Looking forward to the next one, boys. Heck yeah, definite. It, it really is. You know, it's just bringing together the, you know, keeping that tradition from the old country, from Mexico, and just uh, just sitting there and listening to it and, and enjoying it. There is, speaking of Mexico, uh, you know, uh, it, it was it was great for me to kind of catch up with my old friend, Francisco X. Rivera. And, you know, guys, uh, I know I flew solo on that one. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the interview. I, I'll start. I, th I think, um, you know, Francisco Escrivera, I would, I would first of all love to meet the guy, I, you know, listening to him. He's cool. He yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I think he's the, like, like, like he was mentioning about the, the competitive aspect of fantasy football. It is. Yeah. And especially if, yeah. you know, he said he grew up playing, you know, a lot of sports, soccer and baseball, et cetera. Just understanding that I, I think so many of us that are that that play fantasy football, that that. If you've ever played any sport, which most of us have played Little League and, you know, uh, you know, Pop Warner football, whatever the case may be, basketball, you know, most of us have have some sort of competitiveness that, that we've learned, you know, by being in, involved in some kind of organized sport. So that translates. I thought that was just hilarious when he was saying, like, you know what, if you if I lose to you, if I'm playing against you, man, I'm gonna rip your head off, man. <laughs> just that intensity. I thought that was that was pretty cool. And or that, or how he said uh, when he was talking about how he would get like a player that was for fantasy football, he would get a player that was playing that night that he was talking about one of the games or he was commenting on the games doing commentary and he said that just made it like more exciting to watch the game and i was like that's awesome i love the fire in them yeah no definitely definitely yeah, and I'm... i think also the, the fact that you know when you even have you know you, you you freak out sometimes you have players in your in your game and you just you, you don't want to follow you know sometimes you're picking your you have guys you know you're following certain games that you you don't want to watch you don't want to see what's going on because so there's also the flip side of that too i think he mentioned <laughs> so, he mentioned something like that too he was like i, I don't want to watch i don't want to listen it's gonna upset me or piss me off so i'm gonna stay away from that so <laughs> i think he what talked about when Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say the one thing that I thought was funny is they kept mentioning RG three, and I was all like, "Ah, oh, I gotta be in the league with this guy." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he thought he was good. I was like, "Ooh, I would love to." Well, he, he was good for one year, his rookie yeah, year, and then yeah, he was. Well, you know what? We may have to invite him to come out to uh, MC our our draft in uh, in August. So August Definitely. or September. I mean, that's so. like a, a celebration now. That's like a yearly thing we do. It's a holiday. It so is a holiday before a holiday. holiday. The it's day like before the best Labor. getaway for us. Yes. So yes. why not? If you want to join in the fun? Just let him know it gets crazy. Well, Francisco, we consider this an open invite. You're uh, now an adopted member of La Familia. There you go. So there you go. Be ready. Honor honorary member. Let's go. <laughs> you ready. All right, boys. Well, it's time for some cheese, man. Cheese, man. <laughs> well, one of the things that, that, that we saw was just that there's growing momentum to have teams have training camp in – they're at their home stadiums at their home at their home facilities instead of having them like i think the rams have had it at like cal lutheran and other places the cowboys have played in thousand oaks uh over here so the raiders were were practicing in napa now they're going to be playing in their home park doesn't this make it feel like you know that that they're that the nfl is planning for things to start on time isn't that great to get that feeling i don't know i'm getting the opposite feeling i'm because it's like, okay, if they do this, oh, there's just so many things that get in the way, so many hurdles. I mean, for the Rams and the Chargers, 
is their stadium going to be ready? Are they going to practice in the brand new stadium? And that's going to be, are the fans going to be able to go there? Cause you know, I'm a charger fan. I'd love to go to their training camp, but are they going to let me go to the brand new stadium and be one of the first people there? No, pretty sure they're going to shut it down. Uh, especially in LA people who are doing the, you know, the, the stay at home more seriously than other States. Uh, it'll be interesting to know whether or not they're going to have access to fans. And if they don't have access to fans, how does that make you feel about the season? Is the season, are they going to think about limiting fans there, or putting in rules? I know we're going to be optimistic and all, but this is the first official change that I've seen that's like, ah. Uh. And we'll have to wait and see, because I, I don't, you know, you, you mentioned, Rick, um, you know, you know, California, LA, you know, treats, is, is treating the virus a certain way. I think the NFL is just going to have to be consistent. You know, I don't, I don't know as far as letting fans come in and see. Ooh, I don't do think, that. yeah, I don't, I don't think some. I, I think they're going to have to. I, it's, it's because I don't know if I don't know what, what the, you know, the blowback will be if, you know, the Jets are allowing their fans to come in and watch, but the Rams are not. You know, I think, you know, they're, you're starting to start getting some complaints and a lot of that, a lot of negativity. I don't think the NFL wants any kind of negativity at all. So I, I think they, they may just lay down the law and say this is the one rule across all teams, either fans are going to be allowed for everybody or fans won't be allowed for anybody. What do you and think, they had, George? They have to decide quick because they got to start planning that because they got to plan, right. are we going to have people selling that? We got to get our staffing up, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah. and that starts the end of July, I believe. So so the clock's ticking. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think I think it's, uh, unfortunately, I think it might be a state-by-state thing because, you know, like Texas, Arizona, Florida, they're opening up a lot more than California is and, and New York, New Jersey kind of areas. So they might go state-by-state, state, but I, I can definitely see that at the beginning of the season, uh, it, there might not be any fans. I, and, and honestly, I think they're going to take a cue from – Hopefully by then, Major League Baseball, NBA, and NHL have come back and are playing, and they've kind of seen a little, you know, they've gotten some direction as to what has worked, maybe what hasn't worked. Hopefully nobody's gotten sick uh, over over those times. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm going to take the optimistic approach, and I think uh, one of the things that we've, <laughs> we've, we've vowed on this uh, during this crazy time and in this podcast is that we're going to go with the season starts in the Thursday after Labor Day until we hear otherwise. So right. we're going with, uh, you know, train camps just opening up in in late July, and then we're going to be doing a lot more uh, commentary about the season ahead instead of looking at the season behind. So right. fingers crossed, fingers yep. crossed, and a lot of veladoras lit for. Yeah, for man. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you got you got San Judas over here. You got La, La Virgen. All the, the candles are lit, man. Ready to go. <laughs> so we had a, a little bit of a uh, uh, bonus uh, talk on tight ends, and it kind of brought up a tweet that Matthew Barry oh. sent a few days ago, early part of this week, talking about comparing Noah Fant to George Kittle at the same point in their careers after their rookie year and their rookie year stats are nearly identical. George Kittle, 43 catches, 63 targets, 515 yards, two touchdowns, Fant rookie year, 40 touchdowns, 66 targets, 562, three TDs. I, I, I love the comparison, but can we even expect uh, a blow up like Kittle had in year two? I don't think we can expect a blow up. I think it's definitely it's definitely eerie to see, right? But yeah. oh, I mean, I I wouldn't want to say just because of this, this is going to happen. However, I mean, I don't know. That second year lately has been pretty great for everybody. And but then again, you got to worry about the second year for for Locke. You got to worry about the second year for yeah. the second year for Sutton. So it's like, I don't know, if fans that good, I don't know, the ball's got so many places to be on, in that team. Kittle, I mean, Kittle's just been dominant because, I don't know, I can't even name the one dominant 49er the past five years like Kittle. So, I don't know, I think it's a little different for fans because he's got more competition on the team. Yeah, I, I think, um, I mean, just, just my philosophy is, you know, these tight ends, these elite tight ends come around – you know, it's like 
you know, once every five years or so. You know, every every couple of years, you're gonna you get this tight end that's just different. That's just kind of that does things differently. Their work ethic and they just dominate in a different way. You had Gronk, you have, you know, you have yeah, you have Kittle, you have Ertz, you had uh, you know, Kelsey, and you know, and it's it's you know, these guys. There's a few years in between where these guys show up, and I I don't I don't know. I mean, yeah, the, these comparisons are eerie. Both guys went to Iowa, so, you know, same height. You know, almost the same weight. Uh, you know, very. You know, it, it's it is eerie that they are so that they're so, you know, close to each other and, and similar. So, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, Drew Locke is definitely not Jimmy G. There, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, second year, looking for big things from Drew Locke. You know, Elway, you know, has high has high hopes for him. So, we'll see. But yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on and definitely interesting uh, for Matthew Barry. Yeah, I think the Kittle is actually was more the focal point of the offense. I think Locke may be a uh, better could be a better quarterback than Jimmy G and the other two guys that that backed him up after he tore his ACL. So he might have a better QB situation, but I think he's going to have more competition. I think, uh, you know, Fant is a guy that that we can look at to jump into the top 10 tight ends. We know it's not a big jump because that that back half was could be right. uh, is is on sand <laughs> yeah but uh but it, he's a guy he's he's a guy who's getting a lot of heat uh in the adp for uh you know in, in best ball drafts and drafts coming up so uh we're gonna keep an eye on him and see how i like Hopkinson goes up. better but i mean hey everyone's got different taste buds <laughs> no absolutely yeah so we'll we'll see that we'll well, see what that. do i know right what do i know you're yeah, the you guy that you're the guy that hates tight end, so what do you know? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I loved about uh, the, your friend, your Frankie, was that uh, he was talking about how he loved Gronk, and I was like, all right, I can relate to this guy for the love with the tight ends and all. <laughs> well, since we were looking back and, uh, you know, we're, we're in kind of the look back mode, we thought we'd take an episode and call it the do-over. And uh, for me, it's the I Mijo rest uh, episode because, golly gee, I, I messed up so much, so many. Nah, no, no quiero, no quiero decir más. Uh, but uh, so many, so many mess ups. But it, it's actually could be a fun exercise to kind of look at what things could ch- we change from last year to this year, or guys that maybe aren't carrying over into the into this year. Um, Ricky, you won. So your, your, your picks actually really worked out, but, uh, but it's kind of, it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to look at that. Let's, let's look at the, uh, the, how, where we were on the first round, you know, Hector, you had the second pick overall, Ricky, the third, and I was number eight. And I was, I was just sitting there. I did not want to give Hector any expression as far as who i wanted him to take i was every time he asked my opinion i tried to say they're both really great but i always try to put kamara higher than the other because i wanted mccaffrey i'm okay look i'm gonna speak on that only because you brought it up i wasn't gonna talk about it but i'm gonna bring it up now that you brought it up so a couple weeks before uh the draft i we were actually at a family party i think it was at, 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 at uh, manny and rosava's house and we were in the backyard i think having drinking a beer and i and i and i purposely went up to you and i told you that i was gonna drag uh, that i was gonna take mccaffrey and the blood just 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 drained from your face <laughs> and i was just like and i told them you're gonna go ahead go ahead ask everybody i told everybody ricky wants mccaffrey bad Ricky Watts McCaffrey. I told everybody. I knew it because you, you're, you're, so as much as you tried, I already knew. So I already knew you wanted McCaffrey. And, but again, last year before the season started, Kamara was coming off an awesome year and it was a coin toss. It was an absolute coin toss for me. I was torn because I had, I, I had Kamara in a league before and he just, just gave me points in chunks before. So I was just, you know, he's in a Drew Brees offense. He plays in a dome. I was like, oh, man, this is – what could go wrong? So, yeah, that was my philosophy. And it, it essentially did come down – not literal coin toss, but I, I actually didn't really know until I actually walked up to grab the sticker. And I just kind of solidified my decision when I was up at the table. and I. Oh, but that night you you made sure to let everyone know why it was the 
best decision ever. <laughs> that's what that's what we do, man. Especially after well, you, well, we had the draft. So just just making it clear, we did have the draft at a brewery. So yeah, by the time the <laughs> night by the time the night was over, there were some very shall we say, vocal opinions about how awesome all of our own picks were. So we were all chanting and expressing the genius of each of our drafts and how we were so awesome. And I think, I think we, were, uh, we were at that hotel and we were, you know, the people were, were, were telling us to shut up at like two in the morning because we were still, we were still debating on how awesome our drafts were. But, but, I, but I digress. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, again. I picked Alvin Kamara with a number two overall pick. You ended up picking Christian, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey who, who with said, no regrets. Well, no oh, regrets. gee, really, Rick? No regrets. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh. No regrets. That, that's such a surprise that you have no regrets taking McC- And then I took Kamara. It was, it was basically a – in Kamara numbers, expectations, it was a bust. And, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need another jar of Vicks Vaporu to, 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 ease that, uh, to ease that injury for a while. So, so- – <laughs> And then right after that, or not right after that, Georgia, you had number eight, so you picked Devontae Adams. And you know what? Which isn't bad, but you did it before Michael Thomas. Yes. I I, I really like Devontae Adams, and... I had him. I had him number one receiver for me. I mean, he was coming off a year with almost 1,400 yards, and I think it was 13 touchdowns. And uh, the the other thing was, I took as an omen uh, that the Lyft driver who was taking me to the to the draft, so that I could be a responsible person and not dr- drink and drive. Right. Uh, was from Wisconsin and is a huge Green Bay fan. <laughs> so I that took that a as a sign. Omen. That was a that bad was a sign. <laughs> that bad omen was actually a sign of things to come because that my, my draft just was trash uh, from that point on. But, you should have took Uber. Oh, uh, I should have t- taken Uber. <laughs> you would have you would have had a guy that was from New Orleans, man. That would have been that would have been the uh, that would have been the omen there. From I know exactly. I, I mean, but it's not. <laughs> that bad Devonte adams only had a bad year because he got a little bit injured but other than that he was dominant well yeah so but it's it only bad quote-unquote bad because it's because he took him before it's michael a, thomas that's and, it, and michael thomas had the historic season so yeah. yeah i mean i think i think the worst pick was your todd Gurley pick right after that in <laughs> round two number five uh you could have had you could have had adam thielen you could have had mike evans I could have Kelsey. I could have taken. I could have taken Derrick Henry from you in the next round. Uh, it, it was the one thing. The one thing that was happening there because I took a receiver. I really wanted to take a running back at that point, and I thought, I really thought that Gurley was going to be the best one. I thought I was going to sink or swim with him, and plus I was wearing a Todd Gurley T-shirt, so. I, <laughs> I, I had to. I had okay, to put my again the omens, man. Like, enough enough of the omens. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but the, the thing was, just to look back at the first round again. I mean, look at the guys who are now no longer first rounds from there: Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, and uh, Nick Chubb may not be a first Odell, rounder. Odell, Odell Beckham. Beckham. Yeah. All of those guys are. So, are so what is that? Four people. Yeah. Now, now you got to make room for Dalvin Cook. You got to make room for uh, Aaron Jones, maybe. Yeah. Definitely Derrick Henry. Definitely Derrick so, Henry. And maybe someone even Patrick made... Mahomes if someone's mm. feeling spicy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If people are listening to us, they're gonna hear, they're gonna bang running backs. They might grab a Kenyon Drake up there might maybe reach for him uh it's would it would it be would it wouldn't i would have knocked that pick if someone took Kenyon drake in the first round i would have knocked that like i like i said before i mean i it's you know what i think about the cleveland offense i we we, we don't i I don't i mean i'd rather have because it's i don't know i like his timeshare better than what chubb has to deal with i just think that whole well, I think that I think the Browns are going to be coming from behind again all year, and the, the running game is just going to be gone in the second half. So we'll see what happens. Well, well, Rick, interesting was you're picking number ten in the second round, and 
every, all the sentiment was wait on quarterback, wait on quarterback, wait on quarterback. And I know we've talked about the the year that one of the year, another year that you won Ooh. where you got Matt Ryan in like the 12th or 13th round. And that was his MVP season. But getting Mahomes at 10 at that point, what what's what's the thought process to go against the grain? Well, let me tell you about the brilliance in my mind, guys. Uh, oh, excuse I, me. <laughs> I, I couldn't take him with the third pick because it was Christian McCaffrey or nothing. So I said to myself, I have to have Patrick Mahomes because I looked at the stats from the previous year, and the dude was just like 100 points better than second place in quarterbacks and like 150 ahead of five and below. So I was like, if I can get this guy on my team, regardless of who else is on my team, I'm always going to have a chance to win. And sure enough, I said, screw it. I'm going to get him now because it doesn't matter when I get him. Uh, I just needed to get him ASAP. And right away, I got him second. Y'all were all like, ooh, ooh. But I led the whole season from day one to day done. So, I mean... Can't, I can't. I can't argue with that. You, you picked Patrick Mahomes in the second round, and, and but I, I think that 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 says something. Yes, you won our league with Mahomes in the second round. But going back to what you said earlier, George, about taking quarterbacks late or waiting on quarterbacks, I'm sure there are a lot of people that that took Lamar Jackson late. I think he went late in a lot of drafts, and I think a lot of those folks, me, my, me, me being one of them, I had Lamar in a in a different league, and I had Lamar Jackson. I took him. I think I don't know probably like sixth or seventh round. And I, and I won that league with, with him in a later round. So, you know, you know, it, it, it can work either way, but in this case, yeah, Mahomes in the second round was, was pretty smart. Primo, you're putting salt in the wound for what's coming for me <laughs> later. So to remind me about this. Oh but. my God. I, I apologize. In <laughs> <laughs> you're putting, I'm putting, I'm pouring salt on the, on the Lima. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. No, salt. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, well, we're going to get there, but we'll get there. We'll uh, get there. Kelsey, Kelsey, you know, considering that this is not a tight end league, grabbing Kelsey at that point, what's uh, what's the thought there? Well, 100 percent spite. <laughs> no, it was not. Well, OK, maybe part of it. So <laughs> so so, yeah. So obviously this is a competitive league. This is now our 10th year. And every year, I, I, and I don't know, we can go back and check, for, for the most, maybe 90% of the time, Rick picks Travis Kelsey. So, and, and obviously, you know, Rick has done well. He's won his share of championships. So, yeah, I definitely respect Rick's picks. So, especially when he drafted Patrick Mahomes, uh, I Travis Kelsey was already high on my list. And obviously, he's a target hog. And Patrick Mahomes, after what we saw him do the year before, we, you know, you know Kelsey's going to get balls. You know he's going to score points and, and, and get yards and chunks. So once Rick drafted Mahomes at number two, that just solidified the idea that, okay, Kelsey's going to be one of the top guys in this offense. I, everyone was already talking about how the Chiefs offense was super duper. So I, I wanted a piece of the pie. I wanted a, I wanted to own some of that real estate in the, in the Chiefs offense. And once he took Mahomes at, at round two, I was like, you know what? If I don't take him now, he's probably going to get him, you know, or, <laughs> or, or somehow wiggle his way to, to figure out how to get Kelsey or something in the third round. So I just knew that I wanted a piece of the pie, wanted some of that offense, Kelsey at number 11, second round. And it worked out. He, 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 had, a, he had a great year. So I'm not really – I don't really have a problem with that pick, second round so, at 11. So I wasn't sure if you guys uh... – we're done with the second round. I just wanted to look at the entire second round and look at the busts that were there. Uh, oh, my goodness. I mean, see. you look at Juju. You look at Joe Mixon and Connor Brown. Brown. And and I'm not sure how bad Connor was, but, I mean, those other three were like, Thielen. Thielen. He only played 10 games. Thielen, yeah. but, I mean, Thielen still got you some games in the beginning. Right. He was pretty bad. He, but I mean, missing six games that 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 really hurts. The That's team. a chunk. That is a chunk. But for example, I'm sure Thielen will still be there same round this year. Oh yeah. Compared to yeah. the others, goodbye. <laughs> and he still got Cousins. I mean, as long as he, as long as Adam Thielen has Kirk Cousins, he's he's gonna score. He's 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 gonna have a great year. So I'm looking. Yeah, Adam Thielen's going in the second round at the very least. I, I think I'll uh, be retiring my Todd Gurley T-shirt from draft day. So <laughs> I highly, I highly recommend know. it. Yeah, I think we talked about that <laughs> earlier. That you, you're 
you know, when it, whenever you've had a, a pick that kind of uh, ruined your season, it's generally, uh, you know, involved the Ram running back. So you may want to you may want to reconsider that going going forward. <laughs> Wear a Saints, wear a Saints jersey or something. Probably, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna bring in a Mahomes jersey and and then draft Lamar Jackson or something <laughs> like that. There you go. But so round three, there was so much talk preseason about Derrick Henry's overrated. People are giving a, talking about how oh he doesn't catch balls, he doesn't catch balls, he doesn't catch balls. And there was some heat around Sony Michelle, and you know, you guys went back to back, and th- those two guys went there, and and yeah. after after Leonard Fournette and Aaron Jones went, uh, which our cousin Raul went that you know running back, running back, running back, which is a very uh, very prevalent uh, sa- pre- strategy for a lot of people. I, I just yeah. feel like uh, Hector's, you know, he's always going to give you good advice, just like you know the running backs he picks. But just like the way I pick right after him, it's just better. It's smarter, <laughs> more intuitive. Because uh, right after Sony Michelle, I got uh, Derrick Henry. Which, heck, if you would have had Derrick Henry, your whole season might have changed. But to have McCaffrey and Derrick Henry and Mahomes, like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Over. I don't, I don't over. disagree. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, and I and I I was high. I mean, obviously, Sony Michelle was part of you know the you know the Patriots offense, and you know you have Tom Brady and Sony Michelle's you know one of those guys coming out of University of Georgia, you know as we've talked about before is you know running back you uh, over there. There's been some studs coming out of Georgia lately, so Sony Michelle no exception. So I, I I and the only reason that I didn't take Derrick Henry and I've talked about it before is that he burned me. He'd burn me at least like he burned a lot of people in, in the last couple of years. I mean, the guy was a he's just built like a tank. However, however, he wasn't I don't know if he wasn't utilized the right way or what, but he just disappointed his first two years in the league. And and so, yeah, I come this year, you know, last draft. I was like, you know what? I got burned by Derrick Henry. I, I had him twice in two different seasons and I just got nothing from the guy. So, uh, you know, I was up there. So Michelle, Derrick Henry, I was like, you know what, what, what what's different this year? I don't I don't see it. And I was just disappointed. And, you know, you get that hurt, you know, that that that, that <laughs> fantasy football, that lingering hurt. You know, if, if players have done you wrong, you know, you, you remember that. So you play that's with what your happened. heart. Yes. Not with your yes. Pain. You wear your emotion, wear your emotion on your sleeve. And unfortunately, I uh, had my emotion on my sleeve and I picked Sonny Michelle over Derrick Henry. And that's how that went. Obviously, that's a that's a regret. <laughs> it's a lot better than Georgie's pick. Uh, uh, Damian Williams. <laughs> Damian Williams. And, you know, that was one where, I, you know, I, w- I was chasing running back at that point. And running backs that were going like crazy. You get, I, I liked Derrick Henry. I was hoping that Derrick Henry was going to fall to me at that point or, or Sony Michelle. Yeah. And, uh, but at that point, I, I was kind of defiant because the, I, a, the day we drafted was the day after LaShawn McCoy got signed by the Chiefs. And I just thought, it's uh, it, the, the Damian Williams is not going to be is it, still going to be the guy I was I was drinking the Kool Aid from the previous season and right. <laughs> pa- passing on Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson back to back. Chris Carson had helped me win a title. Keenan Allen, it's like come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, you know what? Had I gone running back in round one, I might I I I would have gone receiver here, but I think I was I was running back desperate at this point, and you know when you're desperate, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but look, looking at this round, there are some solid running backs in there. Oh, so yeah. it makes me think, like, yeah, if you could get a strong running back in the beginning, the third round, you're going to get an easy good one in the third. Because, yeah, you had one, two, three, four, five, eleven, or was that 10 out of 12 were all running backs? So, yeah, that's when they ran, uh, ran thin after that. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Ten running backs, one receiver, and one quarterback. Deshaun Watson, which uh, yeah, as good a season as he had. I mean, he's going to go fourth might... or fifth for quarterbacks this Yeah. Year. No, it, it, it's so maybe yeah. you save up for him in the late rounds, and maybe he goes like sixth or seventh, depending could on. Be. Could be, but I, I I'm lo- I, I still look at Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson, and and I, I'm kicking myself. But yeah, you're right. The other yeah. guys. The other guys after that, r- round four, you know, I I grabbed T.Y. Hilton because he, he had been good. Again, another guy who got hurt. I actually at one point had all four of my first four picks hurt at one time. And 
<laughs> you know, with T.Y. Hilton, I passed on George Kittle, and uh, you know who had a huge season the year before. Passed on D- Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods, all Kenny guys. Galladay, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, it just I, I'm kicking myself. Just kicking myself. I, uh, I I don't know. I think I was I, I was getting reverse luck because the previous year I I, I really hit it on all my uh, so many draft picks, but this year and, oh, you know and and what Amari Cooper went in that round. I mean this was and Amari Cooper went right after Jose picked Josh Gordon. It's like really. <laughs> but hey that's why i love the league we're in Easy money. Easy and money. then and then i took at, no, at, at number 11 in, in the fourth round I, I took robert woods you know I, and i had high hopes obviously for the ram offense and uh, i just you know because you know i i was i was thinking my, my strategy you know and I, I obviously this is a pretty uh pretty common strategy pretty popular strategy of doubling up you know you pick a receiver or a tight end and then you pick them the quarterback to match so that you can double up if you know and if you could do that you can definitely score some points in bunches so i was thinking that i can pick robert woods and then later on take jared goff and then i could double up and score points in in bunches and the opposite happened it's <laughs> just <laughs> that's I think, why you don't do that yeah you, well yeah no yeah i got i got burned burned bad you know I, i'm gonna need some aloe vera i think after that one because that was you know i think i think robert woods i think i mentioned before robert woods first td came in like round like week 10 or 11 or 12 or something crazy like it was it was ridiculous i mean he scored like he would score a couple during the season and i'd be excited and then like it would get called back on a penalty and it's just like whoa wait wait you know that sometimes that just happens it just you know it's a bad omen when like you every time your guy scores there's a penalty and they got to bring it back and so that's what Robert Woods was last year he would score TDs and then there was always a, a flag and then it wouldn't count and then Goff yeah so that's this that show's was gonna go so long because your next four picks also suck so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah. looked at the next four for Georgie but I'm just like ooh you can't hey, but ooh, you know, Hector, round, with the round, punches round five I took I took Mike Williams in front of. Chris Godwin, which was, I mean, Eckler, but Mike Williams Austin was a charger. Eckler. And it, yes, in, yes. And Cooper, yeah, it's not, yeah. <laughs> well, Mike Williams still got a thousand yards yeah. and it was right after Kenny G. Right. Which, which Raul, cousin Raul, Primo Raul, he had an interesting strategy. He went running back, running back, running back. And then he back to back. He was number one and then he went Edelman and Galladay. So he hit on both of those. But that just shows with when uh, Saquon Barkley was the number one pick, that cratered his season. Imagine if he if he grabs McCaffrey number one. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's totally. totally. Yeah. We're, to, we're talking about his draft as, as yeah. the, the one no, instead I mean, of Ricky. Yeah, round five. I, I, I took uh, Mike Williams and, and I could have taken, you know, Tyler, you know, either Godwin or Lockett even, you know, Lock, Lockett had a had an amazing season, and he, we didn't know one took Lockett until. Gosh, where is Tyler? Lockett? I took him number. I took he's, him number he's eight. That round. He's that same oh, round. Okay, same that round. So he, that was my well, first good pick. Yeah, yeah. I I, I could have taken Lockett. I could have taken Godwin, and I and I whiffed on both of those. I and got my God, I got Godwin too on my team. What? Oh, I'm amazed. Everyone knows now why I dominated. <laughs> Everybody was so. I'm sure Hector, you thought you were picking Mike Williams away from Ricky, being yes. the Charger fan in the yes. group. And he then, just he was playing the draft against me when he should have been, you know, just playing my but, own game. I should have just been playing my own game. I was trying to. I was trying I to was in your head without having to be in your. Yeah, head. yeah. You were you were firmly you were you know you you set up like you set up camp. You set up camp in there, man. You you know set the roots down, so I gotta. Yeah. I gotta... No. <laughs> very, very nice. Grabbing God, grabbing Godwin there as your first receiver. That uh, w- was that a worried spot? Were you worried at that point, or did you still feel like it was I, it was still that deep? I thought I was. I already knew I was screwed at the wide receiver spot. I mean, I had three running backs, so I already knew I had basically my flex. And my two running backs, so I was like, all right, wide receiver is going to be a little shallow for me. But I liked Godwin, and I just, I don't know, I picked him over. I never liked Lockett, and I was worried about Cooper Cup's leg. And why would I ever think of picking Jarvis Landry? So I was like, this is the perfect spot to pick Godwin, and my goodness did it pay off. Uh, The dude was fire from day one. Yeah, he was. That was a great pick. And then, and it just got better with the rest of my picks. So I mean, 
Uh, yeah, then round round six. Uh, who came? Who comes up first in round six? You took Robbie Anderson in round six, George. How'd you like Rob. that? Yeah, you got someone that you could have gotten on the free agency. He he's I a guy. He, I, re, I I think I reached at that point. I thought that I I really liked Sam Darnold going into the draft last year. So I thought, and I thought Robbie Anderson's going to be his number one guy. But I mean, to look, I mean, this this round was not the greatest. I mean, I could have gone Aaron Rodgers there because uh, I still didn't have a quarterback. Uh, but but really, I mean, not a lot of you know. By that point, Ridley was gone. No, this was this was kind of a eh, okay, not 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 that great, not that great round. See, for I, me, I, I feel like this is my first bad round because I should have picked Tyler Boyd and not AJ Green. Right. Because I could have just came back around and picked up AJ Green. No one was going to touch him anyways. Exactly. So, uh, but it's like I love AJ Green. I've had him on my team years before. So, but this is round six. Everyone's entitled to uh, uh, a, a, a flyer. Yeah, a flyer. flyer. Was it? Not, wasn't he? Was he? Six, like, heck, but wasn't he already having like contract issues? On uh, you know that was that was already in the news, right? On, yeah, on they were thinking about franchise tagging him or something, and it was just stupid stuff. They wouldn't extend him, but. It's going to be the same thing this year. We'll see what happens. And it was the entire year for AJ Green. Yeah, that was that was rough. Like in all my leagues, I had him and Derek <laughs> in all my leagues. So uh, it's horrible. But yeah, I mean, that was you picked Jared Goff. Yes, so. I, I did. I yeah, I, that was that that pick. I think you know, and it, it didn't come until round six. I think did that pick probably just ruined my entire draft and my entire season. Uh, I could have taken, you know, Russell Wilson in round eight where he went or, you know, you know, instead of round eight, obviously, if I wanted to wanted a QB in round six, Russell Wilson was available. Lamar Jackson was available. And I ended up taking Jared Goff and he just crapped the bed. And uh, that, I would love a do over on that one. <laughs> uh, then just I'm looking at your next pick, everyone's going to be like, oh, as well. Then you get Latavius Murray in round seven. You got a handcuff. No, no, no. Seven. Well, no, you have to understand that the, the Saints offense was not about handcuffs because you had Kamara and Mark Ingram. And both of those guys, the pre, you know, previously had worked together uh, as, as a tandem. And both of them had excellent seasons. You ended as, up as dropping a, Murray. Yes, I did. Because, yeah, and I don't know. I, I don't got know. it when Kamara <laughs> was injured. <laughs> I think I, I again, uh, just a rough season, and it happens sometimes. You drop <laughs> a guy, or you, you don't, you know, you don't need your guy because I, I think Kamara started out the season with a couple fire games. He just was blowing up, and he was the number one overall. And I was like, oh man, they don't need Murray. And then I dropped Murray, and then like you know, the following game, Kamara goes out for like you know who, who knows how long, and now here comes Murray to be, be you know, the Saints' number one running back. And he's yours. So, yeah. It, 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 I, was, I was like, oh, look at this guy. <laughs> why, would so, anyone, yeah. why would anyone draft him, first of all? But secondly, why would anyone not have him on their team after the draft? But <laughs> yeah, some reason you wanted to take that flyer and you just lost him. Yeah, I, I did. And uh, that, that didn't work out very well. <laughs> you could have had Devin Singletary, who didn't have that many good years days uh but i mean george you went with him and i think that was at least a solid pick it was about time you start making the solid ones you know yeah in the seventh round it was well that was me chasing running backs at that point and yeah. i really felt like i needed to get get guys in uh guys who carried the, get some carries i wanted to get a third running back in there obviously i needed it because uh, i think he was also hurt that week that the other guys were hurt so this was a fairly strong round, though. I mean, you had Allen Robinson get picked in this round. Went the quarterback started to come off. Breeze went. Big Ben went here, so that was that was not. DJ big. Moore got picked DJ, number ten. DJ Moore, you know, a breakout in the se- a second year breakout. So yeah. that was. Uh, but we also saw the first defense go, which we all think that we always say that's a little early for defenses. <laughs> uh, I mean, I took that. I took that as a like a red herring or whatever you call it, a red flag. Is like. Boom, that lets me know that I need to pick my defense next. But the next round was was one where you had a find in Russell Wilson. Uh, a lot of people were talking him down last year. Now we, we know. It's, he's, he's for real. He's 30 for real. touchdowns every year. He's and, for real. 
And I had liked Curtis Samuel. Uh, I did. I liked him more than DJ Moore. And he just, he just, yeah, it was another. I, I went back to being crappy picking. Yeah, I, uh, there wasn't that much left at that point, so. That's true. The the even though it's round eight, it still seems like we're like midway through the draft. It's you know it's already starting to get thin. The the, the picks are starting to get thin. I mean, I picked up, I picked up Sterling Shepard. I thought, you know that you know he was. You know, said to be one of the top guys over there in New York, and uh, you know, obviously he got hurt, and it, you know, it all just fell apart from there. So and I just yeah. wanted a solid defense at that point. I knew someone picked the first one. I was like, all right, now I got to make sure to get the one I want. Now that I got all my positions lined up, I had two good receivers, two, four good running backs, all that good stuff. So I just wanted to fill out my team before anyone else wanted to grab a good defense because I hate fishing for defenses. Like, I love playing the matchups for them, but I love having that one solid defense at first. Right, to get right. Going. That's my bad strategy. Chicago did whatever. I got to drop Chicago later, but they still were a good defense to start with. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, that's a good strategy. We can talk about that. That's a, that's a whole other conversation is, you know, that's that, that strategy of streaming defenses. You know, you, you, you know, do you have two defenses and you stream one and, you, like you said, you keep your one kind of, uh, you know, super defense it's that you, you have. And... Are you going to have a lot of injured people? Like, I started picking up people like A.J. Green, Kareem Hunt, I picked yeah. up in round nine. So I knew I wasn't going to have a lot of bench spots, so I can't have that many defenses. So I need to make sure I have one really good defense. Yep, yep. So... Just my mind, man. My mind. It's just a beautiful thing. And at this point, people are, you know, you could see that people are starting to grab the backups, the the backup running backs. You know, the, uh, in, in round nine, you guys grabbed Freeman. You know, Hector, you grabbed Royce Freeman. Yep. Ricky, you got Kareem Hunt. I grabbed Kalen Balaj, which, again, that just that just shows how crappy my, ta- my draft <laughs> I was just cursed. But there's I no was, one I'll, left. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, I'm scrolling down the list. I'm like, I mean, maybe I'd want Golden Tate. Uh, everyone else sucks. So this is definitely the thinner parts where you get names like Kalen Village or Daryl Henderson, Dante Moncrief. Like, these are nobodies, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. The double-digit rounds, that's where it starts getting really thin and, you know, second. Hunter, Hunter Henry was a great pick by you, Georgie, way in the 10th, but even he got injured. So I'm trying to scroll through and be like, oh, that guy was a good pick. I know, yeah. And then, and then around 10, we're starting to pick kickers. So once the kickers start coming off the board, you know it's thin when the guys are already looking at their kicker position to start feeling the kicker position. And Look I hate – yeah. I hate taking a kicker early. I, I the kicker <laughs> is always my last pick. I always go defense kicker in the last two rounds just because I can't. I, three I can't. kickers, three kickers went in the tenth round. That's uh, that's interesting. I don't even remember when I got one. They're not that important to me. Get rid of them. <laughs> I I I end up yeah. I like I like okay por por no yeah I no like reason. kickers. I like kickers, man. One thing I wish I could go back is I picked up. James Washington in the 11th when I could have had Marquise Hollywood Brown. And I feel like other than that, that's my only, my only regret. My only, uh, boy, me. Well, well, my draft, my draft went in such a way that my, my round 11 pick, Justin Tucker was probably the highest scoring player on my team all year. <laughs> <laughs> so that, and that's, and I mean, I mean, that's why I like kickers. I mean, obviously we, that's a conversation probably for another day, but, there's a lot of there's a lot of fantasy uh, experts out there that that you know believe that the kicker shouldn't be you know part of it you know but like I, I, my philosophy is that there's such a you know luck is such a big part of what fantasy football is it's, I mean if it was 100% data and strategy then okay maybe but that's not what fantasy football is fantasy football is a, a big chunk of it is luck straight up dumb luck so if if, if a kicker is a, just another variable that can be part of that dumb luck then why not have it i, I just don't understand the logic or the argument that well you know these kickers this and that and the other and it's it's lame well you know what it's not that's completely it. dumb luck some people uh, no 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 that's not what i said that's not what it. i said i said yes there is absolutely data there is absolutely, you know, philosophy and logic to fantasy football. But the fact that there is a chunk of 
fantasy football. That is luck. That's why the kicker should be there. Like I said, if it was 100% logic and data and strategy, then yeah, maybe get rid of the kicker. But that's not what fantasy There's football There's no consistency is. in it. No consistency no, whatsoever. In, in, in any position. There's no, <laughs> no consistency there in any position. Receiver can go for zero. Look at Nico, the double donuts. He, the championship game. His, uh, you know, he, he went for he, who was who was his receiver that went for zero on the Raiders? Crabtree, zero. The only zeros the entire season. And no in the championship game, kicker jersey. I'm just saying. Any, you know what? You know what? That day when Crabtree got zero, his kicker got points. So he <laughs> that's my kicker. He, I won because my kicker. I'm just, I'm just saying. People tell me some when his kicker, guys got zero, my kicker won me yeah. the championship. There you go. Kicker can win you. Kicker can win you championships. Keep well, the you know, a quarterback, a quarterback taken in the eleventh round can win you championships. And uh, you know, Dak Prescott going in the eleventh round was was definitely a good pick at this point. I mean, it, it, this is the point where you're grabbing the guys that could, that could be helping you. I mean, I I grabbed Jameis Winston and. Uh, I ended up dropping him partway through the season because he was just horrible. He had a horrible game, and then uh, it looked like, it looked like he was going to be yeah. uh, playing playing away for like two months. So I thought, oh, he's, his season's going to go in the tank. So that messed you yeah. up because then when round twelve came, oh. you weren't looking to get another quarterback. So you, uh, <laughs> why don't you tell everyone what you did? Yeah, let, let's hear it, George. What, what happened Worst in round twelve? Worst pick of the draft. Worst pick of the draft. Because I had Gurley, I was worried, and I don't usually like to take the handcuff, but I took the handcuff, Malcolm Brown. And the very next pick was Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so pile on, boys. No, pile on, primos. I got some Vicks for you, man. You, you, you know, rub that on your chest and you feel better, man. Uh, no, I'm just, I, some Vicks and I. I it's a Robitussin. Give me some, yeah. Some, give me all some that. Lemon, some lemon and honey, whatever with lemon and tea with lemon and honey, man. That that fixes yeah. everything. Tea con hierba buena. Exactly. Yeah, that one. That one just. And, and I had and I had high hopes for Lamar Jackson, and I should have grabbed him at that point, but I was worried about Todd Gurley's knee. And, yeah. and uh, it just shows you how you can get those rare diamonds in the rough. Cause Lamar Jackson took Manny far. He did. And he got him in round 12. So that's money right there. So you definitely think, okay, this year, who's going to be Lamar Jackson, you know, or, or something Kyler like Murray. that. It's going to be Kyler Murray. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm giving you guys my strategy. Kyler, it can't be Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray's not going to drop to the 12th round. Yeah, oh, he's not good, going. To yeah, the 12th oh, good round. point. Oh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I'm just saying Kyler Murray's going to be next year's Lamar Jackson. I'm just saying. I think I think that AZ offense is going to just going to be fun to watch. Fire. I think it's going to be amazing. So we're. Well, yeah, I, is... I, yeah. To that point, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Herbert. Rainbow Herbert might fall to the 12th round. So and Dwayne at- Haskins, Dwayne Haskins will be available in the 12th That's, round yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's oh, true. That's scary. Because uh, I'm looking at the rest of our rounds, I don't think there's very many. The only other good player I see is DK Metcalf. He's definitely skyrocketing up. Maybe. Yeah, he won't. Be, he won't last to 13. No way. Well, Cortland so. Sutton went in that draft. Went that round too. Yeah, but who would you rather have, Sutton or DK, right now? I'll take DK. He may end up being number one. He might end up being number one guy in Seattle. DK, uh, DK was, barely. Sutton is the number one guy in Denver. No, oh, no, oh, oh yeah, Cortland is. Yes, that's true. But I, I don't know. I just DK is just a beast, man. I don't know. And he's and he's got Russell Wilson and not Drew Locke. So that 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 tips the scale to DK Metcalf for me. Uh, I mean, I'll. I'll I don't want either, but I guess I'll take DK. <laughs> I you like... don't want either. That's fine, Rick. Don't take either. That's okay. You don't, <laughs> don't go go ahead and don't take either. I'll I'm okay, find I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. You don't need to take DK <laughs> or Cortland Sutton. Go ahead and pass on both of those. I'm cool with that. It all depends how my my strategy goes. If I get to run over you guys like I did last year. Not gonna happen. And, and just so everyone knows, the great thing about ours is the champion gets to pick where we do the draft the host so, you host since i was yeah, but you also got to pay for my beer you guys got to pay for my food no, pay for well, my no, beer. we have 150 dollars already going towards monkish 
That's true. So, and other than that, everyone brings a six pack. We're good. I'll get a nice bottle of tequila. You know what? I don't think I want to bring a six pack this year. I think I want you to pay for my <laughs> six pack this year. <laughs> you know what? That's fine. Your guys' money is coming to me already something, by the end of the man, year. Something. I make money every other year in the league. So, I mean. I've made my share. Yeah, I've made my share of, uh, of uh, runner up cash in this league. So, yeah, no, it's good. Definitely. Right. And I just so you know, this is our 11th year. Oh dang! So we've passed. We've, we've done. Had we've 10. 10. We've okay. Championships. Hey. I've, I've, I think I've, been, I've been in the money. I think four times. I think in the last 11 years. So. Yeah. yeah can't complain. But you count. You count third place as money. Mm, <laughs> no, no, no. I think I've, I think I've been first or second, or maybe three times. First or second. Three All times. Right, I think three. Times. Yeah. yeah. Check it. Because I know yeah. for a fact I've been in the championship five times. Five times. That's impressive. That's sixty percent hit rate. That's impressive. That's so, and that's just the final. Sorry, guys, getting me excited. I'm just gonna have to get you. I'm just gonna figure out a way to get you drunk before the draft or something, man. I don't know. Something. (laughs) Something. Well, let's let you know. Let's get let's get excited about 2020. What kind of what's one or two takeaways that you have after looking at this draft that that you want to apply this year? I'm gonna take a quarterback early. I think yeah, uh, I, I, I I appreciate I appreciate Rick's strategy. I think I think um I think I want to I want to lock in a a quarterback. Cause I, yeah, I think that's one position where you're guaranteed points. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna have a quarterback go for zero. I mean, that's pretty dang rare, especially if you're gonna take a quarterback. You know, you know, a top tier quarterback. You know that that you know. So if you, if you want guaranteed points, why not? Like Rick said, he 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 looked at Mahomes, and that guy was like, you know you know, eons ahead of, you know, second tier and, and third tier, even more so. So if you can get, if you can lock in a top tier quarterback, you're going to, you're going to be guaranteed points. Rick, you know, Rick showed us last year, he could take a quarterback in the second round and get big points and still be able to get some really solid uh, production out of your later picks. So here's the thing though, heck, if you're going to start doing that and other people start doing that, if I'm like 12th or 10th, if there's already been three quarterbacks ahead of me, I'm not going to want to waste my first round pick on a guy who's just outside the top three no, quarterback. Good point. No, it's That's a good what point. I mean. If, so if, at if that available, point, I'll sure. probably I'll wait for Dwayne Haskins and I'll just pick up the number one wide receiver or the really good, strong running back. No, that's a good point. Yeah, if, 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 so, if it, you know, if the, as they say, if the game script works yeah. out that way, well, you yeah. You just got to make sure you know yeah. how to do strategy fluid like that in. Right. Trust me, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, man, now everyone's gonna be looking at this. <laughs> I got. No, that's my- true. You you got to prepare for it. But 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 although I will say is that even though you took you took Mahomes in the second round, and you know when's the next you know after that, you know when's the next time that we saw a QB taken? Was it? Oh, it was round three and Deshaun. And, and then, then there the was time, a while. And then it was a while. You know, round four there was no QBs. Round five, there was Baker, you know, way at the end of round five. So even though you did that, nobody was really like, okay, wow, Rick took that. So I, uh, you know, people weren't scrambling, you know, oh my God, Rick took a QB. They didn't I believe to take a QB. me. They didn't believe in me. Huh? So they copied me after. So there you go. It's, it's a copy. It's a copycat league, man. And, and <laughs> copycat league trickles down to fantasy too, man. <laughs> copy, so copy the champ. That's Rick, why it's really that, hard to win two years in a row. It happened. Rick, Ricky, what's your takeaway? Uh, well, mine is, is that people are going to copy me from last year, <laughs> but no, I, I think the number one is you really got to keep with it. If you can keep with your game script, you need to keep with it. You saw the crappy wide receivers I got and that I dealt with. Uh, but I knew that the whole season I was going to be solid on running backs and just have to worry about wide receivers. So I feel like looking at this, there's so many diamonds out there. The fir- the rookies and the sophomores are probably gonna be the the sleepers. Everyone's sleepers are gonna be those guys. So if you can just pick it right, grab a few of them, one of them's gonna blow up. That's how I feel. Looking at this whole list, it's like, yeah, it's those second first and second year guys that are uh, interesting, especially the ones no one's looking at, like Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, and work the waiver wire too. That's that's another you know big part no, of big you know part. the you know the one thing that you have to remember is that you know your league is not one based on your draft. You know that, also, that, also that. forget the handcuff. That's what I'm looking at. This I'm like screw yeah. the handcuff. 
we didn't use them. Latavius <laughs> Murray, you ended up dropping. Malcolm Brown lost to friggin' uh, Lamar Jackson. It's like, you know what? We don't need handcuffs. That's it's a, it's a great, it's a great observation. That's what I took from this. Good observation. And it, yeah, I mean, we found, you know, you know, studs that, you know, coming out of coming off the waiver wire, as we do every year. I mean, when I won in 2014, I picked up uh, OBJ off the waiver wire in week four. So and that helped me win my league. And we, you know, week four that happened. So, you know, waiver wire, you know, be strong on the waiver wire, do your homework. You know, uh, you, you, well, we're going to help. We're going to help with that homework every week. Yes, we are. Yes, so we are. We're, we're you better research hashtag I think, research i think my my big takeaway is i'm very intrigued by the running back running back running back strategy just because i just in looking at it again taking a good hard look and seeing how running back really thinned out by the fourth round and uh and you know you get you end up finding a chris godwin or kenny galladay amari uh, uh, cooper in the fourth and fifth rounds and it's it, I'm very intrigued by that. I'm very intrigued by taking a quarterback early, kind of zigging while everybody else is zagging. If that right. quarterback is going to be a Lamar Jackson or a Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be up there beyond everybody else. Yeah. So those are, I mean, and it and it just it, it really shows, you know, how uh, another thing that I saw was just how many receivers, young receivers, kind of broke out in the later rounds. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on going in, in mock drafts and just yeah. seeing where, where, where guys, where guys go. And that's, that's going to be fun. This was, this was fun guys. This was yeah. more fun than I thought it was going to be. I learned yeah. some things, man. I'm, I'm completely, you know, I, I always say, you know, steal shamelessly. I'm just, I'm just listening my, to what you guys are saying. I'm just going to take all your, whatever you guys are saying. I'm just going to do it, man. My trophy <laughs> loved it. I have my, I have my baby girl listening to it right now. And my trophy just loved hearing. Oh how God! Oh God! Third time <laughs> in a decade. So yeah, let's. Uh, now God. I can't wait. I, I'm starting. To, I'm starting to get excited now, man. For the, <laughs> how, how 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 much? Well, we got three months, right? Three months till the draft. To, to you know, three months till uh, late you know Labor Day, right? That's like September second, yep, third, or whatever. That so we got about ninety days until our fantasy draft. And Rick, well, well I guess we'll talk about. Uh, off the air, uh, you know where we're where we're gonna have that at specifically. So uh, yes. that, that you are hosting. So looking looking forward to that. Everybody, uh, eso es todo for our show. Our show. Our thanks show. again to Anchor. And thanks for thanks again to our friends at Anchor for hosting our our independent podcast and getting it out to that familia community. Please subscribe. You can go to Spotify. You could go to Apple. You could go to Google. Several other podcast platforms. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at familiaffb.com. Go to our Familia FFB Facebook page. Gracias, everybody. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Todos somos familia. Adios, amigos. Salud.